and welcome to I Love It, Don't You? The podcast where friends share with friends whether they like it or not. I'm Elizabeth. I'm Kim. And I'm Janelle. And today we're going to talk about Breakout Kings, which was a nice little uh, two-season-long show from 2011 to 2012. I think it was on A&E, we we think, anyway. That's basically about uh, the U.S. Marshals putting together a fugitive uh, apprehension task force using former fugitives. Um, So these fugitives, they get like a month knocked off of their sentences if they catch the person, if they slip up at all, or if they try to escape boom, they're back in max prison um, with their subbles, with their sentences doubled. That's what that is. (laughs) Subbles. That makes sense. Doubled. I really like that. (laughs) So we kind of have this like really, at least to me, interesting cast of characters. Um, You've got Ray Zancanelli, who is a pride prideful like brash ex-US marshal um, who was actually kicked out and is living at a halfway house uh, because he stole money from a crime scene to buy his kid a used car which was like super sad but it was his idea to make this task force so they bring him on when Charlie Duchamp who is another marshal kind of actually makes the fugitive task force happen Um, and Duchamp has like a congenital heart defect and after years of being put on desk duty, he heads up this task force. Another civilian that's on the task force is Julianne Sims, who's kind of like the info gatherer for the team. Um, she has her own host of issues, too, because she was kicked out of the police academy for her mental health issues. We also have Shay Daniels, who was once the head of, like, a gangs. Um, and he really just kind of wants to get out of prison and out of the business for good so he can be with his girl. And then we have Lloyd Lowry, who is a psychologist, child prodigy, problem gambler, and racist, or factist. We don't know. He calls himself a factist. We might discuss that later. Mm-hmm. He has 25 years on his sentence, which is the highest out of the cons that are on the team, but we don't know why. Or maybe you do if you've w- continued to watch. Then we also have, finally, Erica Reed, who is an expert tracker. Um, She was raised by her bounty hunter father, who was eventually murdered by criminals. Um, And instead of just being, like, all sad about her dad being killed, um, she hunted the people down, murdered them, and left no trace. So, that is Breakout Kings. She left a little trace. (laughs) Well, she was caught um, for weapons charges. Okay. That was the only thing. Like, they suspected it was her. But they could never actually find any evidence on her, so they just found some, like, random weapons charges. What did you guys think about it? Because this, I'm the only one out of the group here that's actually watched it. Yeah. I liked it. The first episode was kind of rough, a little rough. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I watched it more, and I started to like the characters. Uh, Lloyd always puzzles me. <laughs> like, I cannot <laughs> figure him out. I don't know if I like him or... Sometimes I don't like him. I actually watched the first five episodes a few times because I kept watching it before bed, so I'd fall asleep. Uh, But that actually helped me like it more. Really? And now I'm watching more than the five episodes. So I'm like, I haven't watched more than ten. I don't know which one I'm on. So, Kim, what did you think? I liked it. Um, I think it has potential. I'm not a hundred percent sold on it. I'll get into some of those things probably later. But I did like it. It could be a very good show or it could not. Like, it could veer two different ways for me right now. I will probably 
watch it a little more. This is one of those shows, like, I can't binge because it does have some heavier topics and stuff. And I tend to like my crime shows light and mm. with a sarcastic lead. <laughs> castle, I'm looking at you. Well. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So you're, you're Castle, not Criminal Minds. Exactly. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> See, I'm Criminal Minds. And I like, Castle. I agree. With, I'm with you. I'm trying to watch Castle, but, you know, you get it. Oh, okay. this one, at least to me, you guys might mm-hmm. dispute more because I've I've watched like some really really rough crime shows like The Following, I think is what it was called, oh. with Joel Kinnaman and um and and Criminal Minds, and I've loved those, but this kind of toes the line between it's it's I would call it a comedic drama. It's not a comedy. It's not necessarily a straight drama either. Yeah, it has it's, some funny lines thrown in, like yeah. every once in a while. And right. Yeah. I'll it's got a that. lot of quirk to it, but yes, the crimes that are done in here, like, some of them are just like, whoa, man. And at the same time, I feel like a lot happens off screen. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, some every once in a while you get um, a guy that uh, you see someone, like, murdered or something, but there are several times where they cut away from that. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I don't remember if this was in the five... But one of them, why can't I remember anything? Oh, yeah, it was about, it was a rough subject because it was about the child molester. Mm -hmm. And Ramsey goes in to talk to his past lawyer. And they don't show him, they don't show the lawyer shooting Ramsey. Right. Um, You don't see any of that. We didn't, did he shoot him? Yeah. Yeah, he injured him. The the lawyer shot, yeah, sorry. mm -hmm. Which I think that's that's one reason because within the five you have that episode that's rough yeah that, and that comes right after the episode with the guy that just completely kept like murdering everybody in his yes. past pretty yeah. much and that was Which, pretty pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. I started my watching yesterday afternoon. I was on episode three and watched three, four, and five. So three and four hit right at one after another. And oh, I, yeah. That's why I don't think the show is very mm-hmm. bingeable because it was like that was just too much like I really liked one and two and then those two and I was just like uh I don't know if this show's for me right this was going on from 2011 to 2012 um Breakout Kings that's when it aired um during that time I forget when Criminal Minds started but Criminal Minds had already started by then and was in like full swing and is still pretty well in full I think it's probably kind of winding down because this for time reference, if you're watching this in the future, this is the week that Thomas Gibson assaulted somebody um, and got fired off of Criminal Minds. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, but, so yeah, this this was in... Uh, Breakout Kings aired in the heyday of Criminal Minds. Also, it was on during the end of Leverage, which we haven't watched yet in here, and I know Elizabeth's the only one who's watched it, but we both kind of... We're talking about how similar Breakout Kings seems to leverage. Yeah. So Janelle likes you. Correct me if I'm wrong. You like Breakout Kings more than you like Leverage, or like I you don't think know. it's better. I can't decide. It's for me. Breakout Kings has. Okay. Sorry. Oh well, just like for me, like I like Breakout Kings. Of course, I haven't seen all of it, but I still like Leverage better. I mean, it, Leverage has Parker. You know. <laughs> <laughs> like, so you're, like right. I don't know how you can be Parker. Um, my thing about Leverage, as much as I love it, I've seen all of Leverage, mm-hmm. um, it starts getting pretty repetitive in the plot lines. Mm-hmm. Breakout Kings, on the other hand, each person is used in every episode, but they're used in different ways. Yeah, they have their own like specific yeah. roles to play, but it's 
each episode feels pretty fresh to me, mm-hmm. um, especially when you get into the second second season. Um, I believe the second season is quite a bit better. It has like an overarching plot to it. It's not it's not an episode of the week or, or crime of the week type thing. Mm-hmm. But and I know you won't be able to probably comment on this tons, Kim. But why do you guys think that Criminal Minds? Which has, you know, the really darker aspects and the, the, you know, has the sexual crimes. It has all of this um, about people that have escaped or serial killers and things like that. Shares some similar things lasted longer. And why do you think Leverage lasted longer when it's got the comedic aspects? Mm -hmm. But Breakout Kings kind of, like, shares a lot of similar things. Yeah. Uh, Do you guys have any ideas? I mean, one, probably, if it was on A&E, not a lot of people are going to be going to A&E looking for a crime drama. Yeah, they have kind of gone more towards reality, right? Like 48 hours type stuff? Yeah, I think so. So one, people just probably never heard of it. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like Criminal Minds has been on for like 10 years or so. I could be wrong. Uh, But I feel like Criminal Minds has been on for a while now. I might be getting it confused with NCIS, but I think Criminal Minds is going into their 13th season. Okay. I mean, these type of shows have been going on for a while. Like, CSI is really what kind of got it rolling, kind of this generation Mm -hmm. of getting it rolling. But so, Criminal Minds maybe hit it at more the sweet spot versus, like, Breakout Kings is coming... 10 years after, 8 years after a lot of these shows, you know, like, Mm -hmm. so it just might have been, there have been a number of these shows, so the audience had already found these shows that they liked, and maybe were getting a little tired of them, but also I think probably placement, people just didn't know about it. Right. I think it has a lot to do with kind of like the premise of it. I think Mm -hmm. that U.S. Marshals uh, allowing like getting a team of fugitives and like allowing them this much freedom is kind of unrealistic. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I love watching it, (laughs) but I think a lot of people might have a little, have a hard time of suspending their disbelief. Right. And then like, you don't have that problem with criminal minds. And maybe since like criminal minds, I do think it goes to a certain extreme. So maybe they Mm -hmm. were kind of rewarded for that because people, but because breakout Kings, you know, couldn't, I don't know if they couldn't decide, but they were kind of in the middle of they, that. Yeah, they, like, straddle mm-hmm. the genres, whereas Leverage is kind of, I, I would call, Leverage sorry, I'm interrupting like, you, but but Criminal Minds is, is, like, definitely a drama with some comedic moments. Yes. And Leverage is way more of a comedy yeah. action with mm-hmm. dramatic moments. And, like, in terms of being realistic, I would say... Um, leverage goes the other like is not realistic. Yeah, it goes, it goes <laughs> way over the top. <laughs> it's not realistic at all. But that's completely fine with me too because it's so much fun to watch them. Like they just make it so much fun. Right. Um, so like I think it lever that cr- Breakout Kings is more realistic than a leverage, less realistic than Criminal Mind. And I kind of, I kind of thought too. You know, this is like unrealistic that they would get these cons out there and everything, but. The person who introduced me to this show is actually in law enforcement, <laughs> and I was like, so hey, since you've, you know, like, gotten some more training, and now you're in the biz and everything, like, what do you think about this? And she goes, well, yeah, no one would ever, in all capitals, use <laughs> inmates outside of prison. Um, they would never take them out, mm-hmm. and they would hardly even ask for help, and they definitely wouldn't ask if they aren't directly involved with the case. Um, so it really only realistically inst- stretches to informants outside of prison 
Now, I do appreciate that they're kind of making those criminals, like, I hate that, I hate that word, criminals, like, heroes, kind of, like, in the story. On one hand, though, I really like the aspect that they're humanizing them. Exactly, yeah. Um, especially, oof, when you find out what, what uh, Lloyd Lowry mm-hmm. did. What episode did you find that out? It is heartbreaking. I think it's episode 10. Okay. So I don't you, think you I've gotten it. Um, it's like really stinking sad what happened to him. Okay, but he totally about Lloyd. deserves it. <laughs> Lloyd. Okay, one thing I do like a lot about Lloyd is his conversations with his mom. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I love every conversation he has with his mom. Besides the one in the first episode, where she said that really sad thing with like, mm-hmm. you could have done so much more. Besides that, I'm like, oh man. <laughs> See, <laughs> so that's one reason, like. I kind of am back and forth on the show because, like, Lloyd, within the first five minutes, I was like, oh, he's going to be my favorite because he, you know, is doing, like, a little bit of goofier things and whatever. I love the moment when he poured... What did he pour on the table? Like, when they said, very first episode... Oh, there's cigarette butts and ash and stuff. I love that moment. And I thought, (laughs) oh, that moment, that's when I thought, I was like, oh, I'll like him. When they were all... um, in handcuffs or whatever and they were being told like about it and they were all like raising their hands to say yes that they agreed to these terms or whatever i don't know just his movements with his hands just cracked me up (laughs) he's got a lot of like ticks Mm. it's really funny and then the rest of the episode happened and i was like oh no no go back to the other like right um and i think after the first two episodes they they tone that down a little bit oh yeah he's definitely still a factist, but the racist part—quotation the, the, the racist part of his factist, they steer away from that, which I think was right. a, was good on the show's yeah. part. Sometimes I'm like, that is a fact, and then sometimes I'm like, that's racist. Like yeah. him talking about his experiment with children, I was like, that's a fact, and then mm-hmm. somehow he was, tries to apply it to black people. I'm like, that is racist. <laughs> <laughs> like that's racist. It is. They um, do. Sorry, go yeah. ahead. I just like it was just hard for me to watch because I'll at times. I want to like him and then he'll like do stuff like that I'm like that's I will say one of the recent episodes that I watched he had a debt in prison for $800 mm-hmm. and the whole episode he was trying to get people to help him out it was just funny and I like that they both helped him yeah you know and I think in the first five episodes and that's all I've watched like I do think Lloyd is the most complex character Oh, mm-hmm. he's totally right. You definitely see more sides to him, and there's sides that you like, and there's sides that you're like, shut up. I, mm-hmm. I don't like you at all. You know. Right. So there's definitely, he's definitely the most complex character. I was just wondering if he like changes and grows like over the yeah. Series a the little. first five episodes are definitely the ones where he's got the most factism. Which, especially in the first episode, it's straight up racism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, In the second episode, a little less. And then there's like another couple times in the first five episodes where that peeks through. The interesting thing to me, though, is that um, both Ray and Shay, Mm -hmm. just realized their names rhyme, they both say like really racial or or if you want to put it farther racist things to each other all the time and there's no comments made about that but when it's like this bombastic personality with with Lloyd it stands out so much more and it's like oh no don't say this it hurts so yeah. bad I love yeah. Shay I feel like he is one of the most underrated people in this show yeah I was going to say um, mm-hmm. I feel like Shay we don't get to know him a lot in the first five episodes no you don't and you honestly don't the entire series 
but you get to know more as it goes on and if you're paying attention Shay is so cool one of the cool things that you see happen a lot in this show is that and, and I guess it makes sense but that street smarts and common sense like are what win it's not necessarily brains over brawn I mean it is brains but you go into it thinking oh yeah we've got a psychologist on here and he's gonna be like the most helpful thing ever and he is really helpful but so often Shay and his street smarts are just like yeah dude that's stupid and that you kind of <laughs> see that in the first episode when they're talking about um the nickel uh, and dime study yeah and he's yeah. like and Shay says to Lloyd they chose the nickel because they thought it cost more because it was bigger yeah. <laughs> you idiot <laughs> like, and that was a great moment that was such a great moment there's oh. a l- sorry go ahead no I was just gonna say like you had mentioned a little earlier about like Shay and Ray mm-hmm. um, and like and their banter and their banter like I did notice that though there was the one about like all the boxing and whatever I was thinking right. about that too and that did strike me too I like wasn't really comfortable with all of that in that mm-hmm. episode like it was just like Ugh. I mean everybody seems to be a little racist in here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they do they do and I'm not saying I wasn't mildly uncomfortable too but uh-huh. it's like it feels so much worse when it comes out of Lloyd's mouth it feels because like he's they're so giving each other a hard time though yeah. Ray and Jay and maybe it was because of Lloyd you're more sensitive to anybody what anybody else says that's racial you mm-hmm. know Maybe if Lloyd hadn't been there, that we I wouldn't have noticed that. But well, and if it was later on, and we've seen more of a friendship develop, that it would have made more sense between Ray and Shay. To me, then it it could have felt like mm-hmm. teasing. But to me, we haven't developed kind of this camaraderie, friendship, whatever. So yeah, that kind of allows to, you to give them like a right, hard time about that, yeah. right? So to me, it just came off more as they were both being racist to each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Philly, which I didn't note her in the um, in the credits. Philly was a character that was only in the pilot. I wanted to um, talk about her because yeah. they were just got her out of there. They did. Philly was uh, kind of the equivalent of um, Sophie. If you've watched Leverage, she's the okay. the actress con artist of of the crew, um, and she was only in there for an episode. They very quickly got rid of her by saying that she was stashing money away. And that she was going to use it to fund an escape. So, what do you guys think about why she's gone? My first thought is that they did focus group and they told them they didn't like her, mm-hmm. you know, so they just got rid of her. What do you think? My first thought was, you know, it's the pilot that they then reworked it and decided, like, she didn't really fit. But if you watch the pilot, they do show her at the end looking at her bank yeah. account. So, they mm-hmm. lay it in in the pilot. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they could have gone back and shot that after like they decided she was going to be gone mm-hmm. or whatever but so that makes it seem a little bit like there was more forethought and for whatever reason they did kind of want to maybe show that they weren't playing with the with the cons that right. if they stepped out of line they were going back they yeah. were so and they they did that with the other guy who I don't even remember Gunderson was, there's nothing that I could find online that says why they got rid of her I kind of disagree with you, Kim, though. To show with her that they're serious a second time seems weird. And she, Philly, is shown to be, like, really smart. Like, she is with it. It does not make sense to me at all that she would look up her her funds on a prison computer. Right, that didn't make a whole whole lot of sense. So, Mm -hmm. I feel like they kind of stuck that in in the end because it never said anything like, 
that she had any conflicts or anything like that. I'm choosing to look on it on the bright side and say that they decided that it was too stereotypical to um, have a female that's only there for her looks. Because they replace her with Erica, who, yes, she is very pretty, and she does use her looks a couple times to... But um, she never dresses up in lingerie to, like, steal a phone. Right, yeah. She's, <laughs> she is far more relied on for her smarts and her tracking ability mm-hmm. and just, like, her incredible mind mm-hmm. um, in the show. And she's, like, a very empowered character. Um, and she has a whole lot more to lose. If you notice, though, like... I feel like the the lady fugitive in the fifth episode um, is almost inspired by Philly in a way. Like she's her whole plot line. Um, I, I was is like, that oh, she uses that her again. looks. Yeah, mm-hmm. her whole plot line is that she uses her looks to get out of the prison mm-hmm. by seducing a guard and bringing her a sexy teacher outfit that she just uses as a teacher outfit and tells him that she's kidnapped his son. So, what do you think? was uh, the most clever escape. Mm. Oh, Because we've got... Do you, do you want me to rehash them really quickly? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So we've got clinging to the bottom of a truck disguised by license plates, mm-hmm. using the execution to start a fire and escape as a protester, um, stabbing a prison transport guy with his prosthetic hand, uh, posing as a TV show crew member, and getting into a relationship with a guard and faking his son's kidnapping. Mm-hmm. For me, it's between the TV show crew and um, clinging to the bottom of a truck with the license plates. Those two, and but the execution escaping as a protester, too. That, that one was that. so elaborate. It was really good. Mm-hmm. Really liked it. And I was like, he even thought about that sheet, you know, with the pro... I was like, that was, right. that was good, yeah. Like, going back through and watching it again, I was like, I don't have any idea what this guy's doing. I couldn't remember any of it. Now, there's been others that I've watched since then that I'm like, I remember what everything is, why they're escaping the way they are. Um, But then that guy, like, I had no clue because it's so (laughs) elaborate, which you probably have to suspend your disbelief for. Because if I remember right, he wasn't in for all that long either. That was that was the collector guy. If I remember right. Yeah, so he couldn't have been in for long or the woman would have been dead. Right. He was he was in for nine months, I think they said. Which is a long time, but that is a long time, or a really, really elaborate plan to come up with in nine months. Yeah. I don't know what this says about me, but Theodore Bagwell is, is probably my favorite criminal in this whole bit. Oh, I can't, no, I, um, I can't stand him. Well, it's the fact that he can be so stinking charming, and because he's so charming, he's disarming. Um, that is not a pun off of the fact that he doesn't have a hand. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Because I see myself so much in the guards that he tricks. Like, when he's in the transport van, this guard is ticked off that he's getting a new prosthetic hand. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really glad she finished that with, in the guards. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. me too. I was like, are we about to find out? No. Do we need to make a run for it, Elizabeth? No, you're good. A promise. Okay. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um, no, because it's like, it's an innocent thing. Like, that's part of the thing, or one of the things that really shocks me about this show, going back through and watching it again, is that you have got to be on your guard, on your on your toes if you're a guard, because, like, it's the smallest things that these people take advantage of. And I know this is scripted. Yeah. But 
I totally see, like, a normal interaction that I would do if I were the guard, because Theodore Bagwell's just like, see, look at it, it's all chipping, like, yeah. about his hand, and then just yanks the hand off and starts stabbing the guy when he leans in to look at it, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's horrifying that he can do that. Mm-hmm. And um, it's totally something I would fall for. Yeah. You know? Like, I would totally lean forward. Because that's not something that would pop out as being something you can't trust. You know what trust. this guy's gonna do? Like, you could still... With his hand, yeah, you, know? you could still, like, not trust this guy and do that, mm-hmm. because you're you're secure in the knowledge that he's handcuffed, and he has no hand. Yeah. I mean, he's missing a hand, so, like, how scary can he actually be? Very. <laughs> very scary. He's terrifying. Very, very scary. We could talk about Lloyd forever, so I don't know if I need to bring this up, but... Lloyd is probably the saddest character to me out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Like, Eric is really sad because she's got the kid and she has, like, turned cold blooded killer and hunted down, like, five dudes. But you said, like, Lloyd's conversations with his mom are, like, really funny. Lloyd's conversations with his mom hurt me to the core. Every single like, one? They're pretty heartbreaking. There's, I mean, there's some of them that are funny, but then. Some of them are not funny, yeah. Every single one of them has got this, like, slant to it that she's, like, manipulating him. And that he still mm-hmm. just wants her approval. So yeah. Much. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, as an approval seeker, that hurts me to my core. Mm-hmm. That, oh my gosh, it hurts me so bad. What's interesting to me is, like, he can, like, also acknowledge what their what's wrong with their relationship. You see that in right. the episode, in the episode five, when he's talking to his the kid, and he's like... Uh, what does he say about parents or like mothers? He describes some things that like went down in his childhood. And I was like, I did not need to know that, Lloyd. <laughs> but he like says something like, no matter how bad parents are, children find a way to forgive them. And then mm-hmm. um, he definitely does that with his mom, which is heartbreaking. Okay, wait. One of the last episodes that I watched, it was in episode five. He was like telling them, if I die, tell my mother I hate her. Right. But, but then, then he was like, no. Tell her I'm disappointed. <laughs> right. Like, well, because and to me though, that was more like he he does hate her in a way, but he can't ever bring himself to tell her that. Yeah. Even if if the worst happened and he died, he couldn't t- bring himself for his mother to know he hated her. Yeah. To me, so that like I see could see the humor in it, but to me that was just sad. Uh, okay. Yes, he wants her to know that he was disappointed in her, but at the same time, like he's he's gonna he's holding that punch a little bit mm-hmm. in a way. There was one, oh, I, I think it's in that it's in that same episode where he's he's asking her for the money or whatever, and they kind of get into it, and then like so she's then not answering his calls. And oh you yeah, just then see, he's he calls her later, right, right? And he's just like, you know, I'm sorry, please pick up or whatever, mm-hmm. and like so yeah, I see it more as. Tragic, tragic instead of funny. funny. I feel like really dark because I think it's funny, but I mean, they there's are. some humor. <laughs> there, there's some humor in it, yeah. but overall, like, there's humor in it, but it also is dealing with something pretty dark. And, it is and, dealing, yeah. And how messed up Lloyd is. Mm-hmm. There's so much that I love about Lloyd. Mm-hmm. I'll probably talk more about this in my blog post, but some of the the things that's interesting to me is that I think a lot of his personality yeah it comes from his mom but it says that he's a child prodigy and it doesn't really go into what he is a prodigy of i don't know if they just have their terminology mixed up because a genius is someone that has like really high iq Mm -hmm. 
um, and is great in a lot of things. But when you get into like Prodigy, it's usually that they have a specific skill that they're like really good at, but they're not necessarily like super exceptional in everything else. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So you can be like a math prodigy. It's usually something quantifiable mm-hmm. from what I read when they say that you're a prodigy. Um, and I was looking at some articles on like the downside of prodigies and geniuses and stuff like that. And it kind of reminded me of Flowers for Algernon. Have you ever read that? No. So do you know anything about it? Sad. It is the saddest thing you'll ever read. I do read love in your that life. book though, but it is sad. It's about a mentally challenged man who uh, oh, undergoes man. undergoes a an experimental treatment. It's, it's all fictional. This treatment makes him progressively get smarter and smarter and smarter to the point that he can't relate to anybody anymore because he functions on such a higher level than everybody else, even than these doctors that were so intelligent that they came up with this serum. That kind of makes me think of prodigies and things like that. Like, they they can get to a point where they just don't interact with people well. Like, they're missing the social cues. So, probably dive more into this in the blog, like I said. But one of the things I think about Lloyd is that he kind of is on a little bit of that higher level and doesn't know how to function with people so well. That's why he thinks he's being factist. That's why... Um, he just says these things, and he's ignorant of things like teabagging, and um, added to the pressure of like his mom being probably when he was a kid being like, okay, you got to push yourself, got to push yourself, got to push yourself. Uh, yeah. Just not being able to relate to people through that. What was I gonna say? There was one thing specific. I'm dying, guys. We're all dying very slowly. <laughs> cell by cell. We're closer to death now than when we started. <laughs> Oh, I think that's um, part of the reason probably, y- you could skew it anyway, part of the reason why they wrote him as a psychologist is that he's trying to figure out people. That's uh, why he finds people so interesting is that he's not like other he's people. always like he, when Eric, Erica, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when Erica first comes on, he's like, I need to read her. I need to figure uh-huh. out what her story is. And I did. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I did like um, with Bagwell. Mm-hmm. Where he was excited to like get to interview him or whatever, but mm-hmm. then like at the end, and he was just like, you know, I realized some people are just broken. Yeah, some yeah. machines just come some, out of the factory some machines broken. Are, yeah, that is one of the best lines in the series. I feel like, and I feel like in a way you could apply that easily to him. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I hadn't thought about that. He might be seeing. Ooh, ew. Ow. He's seeing a little of himself Ow. in that. Why are you doing these well. things, Kim? <laughs> My bad. Mm-hmm. That is a little dark, but... The only thing yeah. is, Bagwell didn't have a bad mother. Not that we know of, anyway. Right. But if he sees... I mean, it might not be true, but maybe Lloyd does see him a little bit of himself as broken. Right. Yeah, I don't know that he sees some of the same characteristics, but more so that they're just two very broken individuals. So, um, I want to talk about Penny. Is that her name? The blonde girl who has the phobias. <laughs> so not Penny. I don't know why I said Penny. Penny is on the Big Bang <laughs> Julianne. <laughs> Julianne. That's right, Julianne. So Julianne and Lloyd. Mm-hmm. Like, Lloyd definitely has a thing for Julianne. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you ship them together? Julianne? Oh, I totally ship them. It's it's kind of cute. I mean, sometimes Lloyd, like, especially in the first episode, doesn't he, like, look down at sh- her shirt a lot in the first episode? <laughs> yeah, he, that was creepy. Yeah, yeah. 
that was some of the other things in yeah. the first couple episodes is there was very much like he's just leering at women and it's like really dude that's not yeah but I can see like if Lloyd grows on me a little more I could definitely see me rooting uh, for them but Julianne this was in the first five episodes but Julianne has a little thing for Ray right yeah okay I, f- I feel like that more is just that she's finally getting back out of her box and she probably doesn't know what to do with her feelings because, I mean, in a way, he's kind of been her savior. Yeah. So I feel like it's pretty natural for her to start having feelings for him and not knowing what to do with it. So what is Ray and hers relationship? Because, see, I never picked up on, like, her having a thing for them. It came, like... Yeah, go ahead. Like, uh, but I do sense that there's some background there and, Mm -hmm. and that they have a special relationship. The vibe I get from Ray is a very protective uh-huh. um, yeah. relationship. Mm-hmm. Like an older brother, really. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, do we ever get their backstory, kind of? You get, I mean, it's, you don't get any details on it. You don't get any flashbacks or anything. Mm-hmm. You basically just get Julianne saying Ray was there for her and encouraged her when she got kicked out of the academy okay. and told her that she was a great person and a great officer and or, and she needed to try again. Mm-hmm. Just basically that he was there for her. Yeah. You don't get much more than that. You just get the feeling that in the background he's been there for her, probably visited her and stuff. Okay. Because I like I like their friendship and relationship. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I never picked up a romantic at all. I think it was like, yeah, I don't think it's gonna work or whatever, right. but it was, it's just this, I think it might just be one episode that she kind of just kind of explores those maybe feelings for him. Right. Back. But she is my favorite, probably. I really like her. She, she is so yeah, adorable. She grows on me a lot, watching back through it again, because she gets more and more confident mm-hmm. as the as the episodes go on. There's a really good bit between her and Shay. Really? Towards the end of the first season. Really good. <laughs> just She just starts standing up for herself. Like, she's still nervous and stuff like that, but she's... You can tell she's really at, like, a good cross point, uh, crossroads, I mean, that she can make a change right now. And you f- you find out more about, like, what she was going through in that confrontation with Shay. So, like, this is a really big chance for her to be on this team. She grows on you a lot. Mm-hmm. Basically, all of the characters grow on you a lot. Do Shay and Erica ever have a love interest of their own? I don't think so. No. Basically the cons just get more tight. They don't they don't I get like any that. I don't do think the that they whole, get any. Do does everybody become more protective of each other like even the... Yes, there's something that sets it all off the very last episode that makes it like game time. Um the last the very, sorry, the very last episode of the first season. Okay makes it game time for you like I was gonna be really mad if it was the very last episode of yeah. all no. I was gonna be like Janelle what have you gotten us into <laughs> no yeah. totally would have you might want to stop honestly if you're gonna be angry with me cause the last episode I'm is I'm in it now I don't wanna stop crazy <laughs> um but it's good to have a warning though yeah like those kind of things if you're if you're a completionist and you just you want your shows like tied off with nice little tiny but nope don't I mean, you can't not watch shows because they 
got the shaft when they got canceled. Like you can't. Yeah. <laughs> if, they're, if they're if they're a good show, like you want to watch. They you want to watch what they you deserve have. to be watched, even if the network that oh, they were yeah. on did not let them made a mistake. Wrap it up nicely. Mm-hmm. Right. On one end, I totally understand why they canceled it if they're basing it off of the first season, because the first season doesn't do just tons to really set it out. Like you have Lo- Lloyd Lowry who is, like, probably the most unique thing on the show, at least in my opinion. Super cool character, and you see a lot of potential for him. And you see some potential for the other characters as well. But it's not until the second season that, like, you get super invested. Can we talk about the realisticness of an ex-con eventually being made a U.S. Marshal again? Like, there's no way that's going to happen. No. See, here's the thing. I don't know that he was actually really convicted. I think he was basically just fired. It, he wasn't... Me, they call they him call a con, him. Yeah. but they never say that he ever served any prison time or anything. I mean, um, I was he has led to, to live I, in, Yeah, it's weird, because he has to live in a halfway house. And right, like, and, like, at one point, it looks like he's meeting with his probation officer. I feel like they did the, kind of mention that he had served time. When, when do you mean probation officer? Like, they don't sit there and say that that's what it is. But, like, I think at the end of the first episode, when Charlie takes back the gun oh. and he goes across the street mm-hmm. and, like... He's patted down. Yeah. He, that's outside the halfway house. Right. So they're There's, not allowed to have guns, yeah. uh, weapons in the halfway I, that's, house. That's what I took from that. But here's, here's part of my thing is I don't think he served time simply because... He has a, a widely known name amongst these criminals. It would be out there if he was in jail, you know? Right. But I think he was probably such a good guy, like, good apprehension person that he was just, like, um, but I, not a slap on the wrist, but not in prison. I don't know. I mean, I'll ha- I need to go back. But I really, it really, to me, led you to believe that he did serve some time. Okay. And if he did, if they... Th- did more maybe more house arrest or whatever like but he was convicted right is, is what okay. so to me like and maybe i'm wrong but um oh it's just perfectly th- I, i'm probably wrong i but just so he would be an ex-con right mm-hmm. and so that, yeah and like the realisticness ever... of them bring so the we're supposed to believe that they brought him in for this task force whatever you want to call it breakout kings because he came up with it like, yeah. is that the only reason they're bringing him back onto the team? That was kind of, like, the main reason that they say, but I think it's... My brain at least justifies it saying that he was... By coming up with this idea, and by the way other cons talk about him and recognize him, I think that he was probably really good at his job before mm-hmm. he was axed. Okay. So I think that was kind of the justification to bring him on, but he is brought on as close enough to the convicts, anyway, because he doesn't have any charge in it. Like, Charlie is the one heading up everything. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Charlie's the head of everything. Charlie has the badge. Charlie mm-hmm. um, does, you know, designates everybody, tells them all what to do and everything. It's more like, it seems like he's there because of his expertise. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray is, I mean. So. Yeah, it's just interesting how they set it up and, yeah. like, what they want you to believe in. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's kind of, un- it's pretty unrealistic. Right. right. <laughs> and I think the fact that we're discussing it is probably proof that they didn't necessarily do a good job on a lot yeah, of stuff. Yeah, thinking that through. Um, <laughs> but, well, I, I mean, really, I think the premise is pretty far out there. You know, yeah. like, so you're diving into this and you're already kind of saying, I'm okay with the fact that it's not very believable, but that is one thing that kind of just stuck out to me. Like, right. it's like... I don't know why that uh, that I, I get, you know, caught on the fact. Well, there's because 
there's no way that he's eventually mm-hmm. going to be able to become a U.S. Marshal again. Like, I don't know why I got stuck on that versus, yeah, ex-cons aren't going to, or they're not ex at this point, but convicts aren't going to be brought out of jail to help them find people, you know? Right. Like, <laughs> but that I, like, just let go. I'm just like, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah it's funny how easily we also kind of skim over the fact that they contaminate evidence, that they oh, break no. into places. <laughs> I was going to say, that they was... They assault people. They are allowed to go out <laughs> to the world at times without any any supervision. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're just like, you gotta pick up the phone when I call. Like, and that's like it. That's usually in the middle of, like, a chase or something, though. Like, most of the time, if yeah. they're gonna send somebody out, they have Ray with them. I know, but just the fact that you have to, like, justify it like that. <laughs> it's funny. I was gonna say, I did write down, though, like, in my notes, I did, um, did write down, like, the the crime scene, and they're just, like, walking in, like, eating cookies from it. Like, come yeah. on, people. <laughs> that is so funny, though. Like, <laughs> and, like, just putting their hands, like, through the blood, and it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, that dude's creepy, though. Yeah, I think I had a little list. Yeah, contaminating evidence, you know, eating cookies. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, <clears throat> another thing that was unbelievable is when they are, I forgot what episode this was in. It's I see that you have it in your notes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's when they are looking for clues on the notebook. Uh-huh. Oh, right. And like what episode was that in? Well, they're looking for episodes. That was the Bagwell episode, wasn't it? Mm, it was yeah. the Bagwell episode. Yeah. In the Bagwell episode, Ray first tries to see what Bagwell wrote on this piece of paper by using the pencil and like shading it, can't find it. Well, I so instead they're like, well, he probably used this book to write on. Let's see if there's any indentation. But I do yeah. like they kind of call themselves out on it. Oh, yeah. Like, um, because they have, I don't remember. Watching too much CSI right. or Law and yeah. Order. You've been watching too much Law and Order, right? Right. Like, and, and so that one doesn't work. But then, but then just... magically the notebook does. <laughs> so to me, like, they were kind of like, ha-ha, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Right. Like, you know. That just cracked me up, though. Because yeah. then, like, someone would have to write really hard. Really hard to make it that clear what they wrote, but right. you're right. It was well, kind of like that. Well, if you listen, though, they, do, yeah. they did screw it up. I didn't catch this the first time around. They they thought it was a name, but it's actually two different streets. Oh, okay. Um, and they, they figured it out by science. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. Okay. Who's your favorite uh, character? Uh, the, Julianne. The, yeah, that one. Julianne, I'm Lloyd. Okay, <laughs> Maybe Lloyd will both, eventually become. You both become... agree on Julianne? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Lloyd, She's pretty feisty. Lloyd, I part of me loves, and then part of me is just. Yeah. We we've been over my feelings for Lloyd. Like right, it's very confusing. It's uh, like yeah. I'm conflicted over Lloyd. Probably probably as it goes on, like he would become one of my favorites. But right now, it's like just Julianne. Like I just want to like mm-hmm. go protect her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Waiting. So I'm gonna keep watching. So, I'm liking it. Yay! Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to keep watching, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, I probably won't right now, mm-hmm. but might come back to it at some right. point. Like, I think I would enjoy it, but I also think it's one of those, like, I really need somebody to be like, hey, let's watch this now. Mm. Yeah. Probably for a few more episodes until, like, I just got over my conflicted emotions of Lloyd and fell in love yeah. with him as a character. Or, or fell in love with more of them. Like, I could see, like, as they become a, more of a family type, like, I could see me really liking it. I just also, right now, I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna go on to the next thing. So, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I would say at least give it until episode 11. Or not 11. Uh, episode 10. Um, when you find out, or, or whichever episode it is where you find out about Lloyd and why he's in prison. Well, you're going to tell me if you, in a few um, minutes after we get done with no, this. No, I am not. <laughs> I don't okay. want to know. Th- I don't want to know Then yet. I'm going to go look it up online. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to be responsible for that. Also, I should say, if you don't like disturbing content, this is probably a really late in the in the game to be doing this, but if you are not a fan of Criminal Minds and that kind of like really deep down dark stuff, you're not going to enjoy the second season of this. You're probably not going to enjoy the, the season finale for the first season either, because it really, the arc for the next season is really kind of... Um, Dark. Dark. Okay. Um, and, and depressing. Not that the show is depressing, the arc is depressing. Mm-hmm. So. Alright, so is anybody still keeping up with anything else? No, totally not at all. I totally did not open my door in the parking lot while Kim parked next to me and have Alexander Hamilton blaring at all. No, I didn't, I didn't hear that at all. <laughs> nope. Not the ten tol- dual commandments. Nope. nope. Didn't hear that. <laughs> Actually, you didn't. That was, that was the refrain. The, the reprise. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I'm still listening to Hamilton. Still <laughs> listening to Hamilton. And even when, like, it's been three days now since I've listened to some Hamilton, but I still hear it in my head. How have you found three Yay. days? Um, just doing, like, homework and chores. Um, it can be on in the background. It is my yeah. background music But I've been life. watching Friday Night Lights instead. Okay. But don't worry. I'm still, like, it's still happening. I'm still listening to Alexander Hamilton. I've gotten all the lyrics down for the King's first song for awesome. You'll Be Back. Nice. I generally sing it a cappella in my car. Um. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> this makes me happy. So, what is next, Elizabeth? Oh, next time we'll be watching Friday Night Lights. You can find it on Netflix. I haven't checked to see if it's available anywhere else, but check all the available streaming providers that you have. And your local library. It'll be fun. It's, it is about football, but it's not too much about football. I don't know. A lot of great characters and storylines. And Janelle, I know Janelle over here is not excited. I just don't believe you that it can't be about too much football when it's in Texas in football. (laughs) I mean, football is definitely the background. And I would would say it's a little little bit more about football than sports tonight was about sports. Yes. But it's really not about football. It's about the relationships of these students Mm -hmm. of these parents of this coach we talk in romantic relationships a few a few oh this is gonna be hell (laughs) (laughs) just watch it well i'm forcing you to watch it so watch the first five episodes if you want more i love it don't you content visit our website i love it don't you dot wordpress.com our website has links to all our social media and our email address i love it don't you one at gmail.com follow us and let us know what you thought about the episode Thanks Thanks. for listening, guys. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you.